Welcome, one and all, to our super 17th episode of this Fabulous Flowers TV podcast with myself, Lucy Nolan, very much back, back, back from the Emerald Isle and in the currently rather too warm and humid county of Sussex. And over the airwaves, live directly into another corner of the very same county, we have the one, the only, fabulous floral inspiration that is Paulie Hawkins. Hello there, Paulie. Hi, Lucy. Lovely to be here with you. And um, thank you for that lovely introduction. I felt like there should be a more, it's like a big fanfare. It's fabulous. And how are you today, darling? Yes, I'm very, very well. Thank you very much. As I said, a little bit warm over in this side. I'm sure it is your side. But nevertheless, you know, progressing with the daily routine and the daily chores. And it's nice to be home. Oh, after your wonderful Irish break. And oh, my goodness, those pictures you were posting of the, the Atlantic coast and the beautiful sky and the mackerel and the prawns you fished and ate and oh, cricket on the beach. I saw it all. And I was very jealous. It looked amazing. Did you have a lovely time? Of course you did. Yes, we had an absolutely fabulous time. It's just a switch off, you know, and a little bit of a change of view. And as you know, we're lucky to be right on the sea there. So, and with no television, I'm proud to say. So the kids don't have a television to watch. So it's very much games outdoors, games indoors, and then more games. So all is good, all is well. Uh, everyone braced for an, a new chapter back at home. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good idea. I mean, I think summer holidays when we were little, my mother used to call it the magic button, television off, but no television is even better. I mean, that's amazing. So it just makes them do lovely sort of childhood things, I think, you know, adventures and off they go in the boat and stuff. But um, I'm so excited, Lucy. I'm going to move on to our selected floral treasure for this, our 17th episode. And I'm delighted to say it's one of my utter favourites. It is the hydrangea. It's, as you know, an amazing, an amazing, amazing star-performing flower. It's, it's punchy, blousy, and it's just full of impact and oozing flowery character. And um, for me, it's just been an utter favourite over the years. It's great as a florist for weekly contract work, for parties and weddings alike, and you'll rarely find a decoration of mine without a hydrangea sounds a bit sad doesn't it but I just adore them so much and um, they are another perfect foil for for any other bloom really for they're striking in contemporary and modern in one display and then sort of country and herbaceous and blousy in another they are an absolute winner mm, yes gosh I do love a hydrangea myself and I have to say they for some reason when you're saying blousy and and all of that. I always think of um, Joyce Grenfell. I think if Joyce Grenfell was going to be a flower, she might be a hydrangea because they're sort of sit up and right. Come on, they're quite sort of you know they're there. They're, <laughs> yes, they're part gloriously. Of yeah, sorry. Yes, George, don't do that. Yes, you know, I was just about to say like, gloriously, George, don't do that. That's that's a very good one, <laughs> Joyce Grenfell. Yes, proper, quite sort of um, yes. upright. Matronly, um, matronly. Yes, yes, yes. Erect. Hattie, Hattie Jakes. <laughs> Bless. Yes, I can just see one with a kind of a matron sort of little hat on. But anyway, um, for me as a florist, I mean, there are two types of hydrangeas in my book. Um, the first ones would be the striking and utterly perfect Dutch ones. 
I mean, they are without any blemish or imperfection, and they're all farmed with an inch of their flawless lives. I mean, and they're always reliable, always breathtakingly massive, and they come in wonderfully sort of striking colours, a huge plethora from sort of hot blues and sort of punchy blues to sort of shades of lovely purple and gentle lilacs. And then I got a lovely sort of gentle apple green, which is very lovely too. And they, they never let you down and they perform amazingly. And um, the other one would be the British one, the British hydrangea. And for me, not that I'd have a favourite, um, I would do prefer the British ones because um, I don't know, they've just got so much more character. My, my lovely... And the mm. grown, not flown. Lucy, you took the words out of my mouth. They're absolutely, they are, not only are they full of character and not sort of all looking exactly the same as each other, like farmed salmon or, you know, all perfect, perfect. They, um, my buyer at um, Covent Garden gets from um, West, the West Country. So um, they're particularly lovely. Um, and actually, it's Sonny Martin of the wonderful Dennis Edwards, the uh, wholesaler I use at the market. And um, we've got a few words. Sonny's just going to give us his little um, floral, floral uh, tidbits on the hydrangea. Take it away, Sonny. Hi, everyone. My name is Sonny Martin, and I'm a salesman at New Covent Garden Flower Market over at the Dennis Edwards stand. And I'm delighted today to be asked by Fabulous Flowers TV to talk to you all about hydrangea and why I love them. I think the main reason for me, honestly, is just the absolute diversity that you get with them. These guys come from all over the world in different shapes and different sizes. Um, I think we'll start with the Colombian ones. Huh? The Colombian ones, you can get these guys all year, 12 months of the year. Any day that you want them, we, got, we can get them. They come in boxes of 20, tightly packed, along with their cute little bag of water at the bottom of their stem. So they're looked after. Uh, these guys also keep their price all year, so you know exactly what you're getting with them. Be it in whites, pale greens, peaches or purples, they're always reliable. One of the contract florists' go-tos, I suppose, is they never let you down, really. But if you compare them to other varieties of hydrangea, they're possibly not as exciting. <laughs> as we move through autumn, we start seeing the English ones pop up in the market. And first off, they come in bundles of 25s always, and they start out in pale pinks and blues. But the ones everyone looks forward to are the reds, greens and browns that come around just before Christmas time. These guns are perfect for almost every Christmas arrangement are brilliant when you sprinkle them into your wreaths to hang on your door for the big day. And again, contract florists love them as they can't get in trouble because these guys won't die. These are some of the most popular blooms we sell throughout the winter. And honestly, some weeks we really can't get enough as they just, I don't know, they just sell like hotcakes, hundreds of bundles a week sometimes. And all the way through the summer months and beyond, we have the Dutch hydrangeas. A bloom extremely popular around wedding season. Unfortunately, most brides this year have missed out on them due to the pandemic. But this time next year, girls, you have loads to choose from. You have them in basically any colour you can think of and any size. From 40 centimetres to over 120 centimetres, some of them, with heads the size of footballs, they really have. But also, we get others, the small little cute ones. There's one called Kyushu. I think it's K-Y-U-S-H-U. I hope that's right. There's a smaller petaled one. Shaped hydrangea, a little bit like a cone shaped. It's perfect for weddings, or especially wedding bouquets, or your little table arrangements as well. And another popular one, again, different variety. 
It's again shaped a bit like a cone shaped. It's called limelight or paniculata, some people call them. You come in a pale green or blush colours. Mostly used for weddings and events. But my favourite has got to be Pimpernel Classic. It comes into its prime during the late autumn and winter. Now size isn't everything, but these guys can truly get enormous. These hydrangea have the biggest heads of any variety out there. They're predominantly blue, like a dark blue, with purple hues thrown in there. And these are the kings of hydrangea, honestly. The heads have to be seen to be believed sometimes. And these are my favourite variety. From my favourite flower, the hydrangea. Thanks, Paul, so much for having me on, and I'll see you in the market soon. Oh, wasn't that fab, Paulie? We do love Sonny and his fantastic dad too, Edwin. They really do light up that corner of New Covent Garden flower market, don't they? And how brilliant to hear all about hydrangeas from him too. My goodness me, so lovely to have these contributions from all sorts of people. But for him to to send us that, Paulie, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, Lucy. I mean, he. I, I mean, I see Sonny every every week, and his lovely father, Edwin. Um, Edwin's been at the market since the age of Dot, and he's now a certain age, I would say. Um, so I see them every week, early, you know, early in the morning when we're all gathering our flowers and catching up with gossip for my contract round on a Monday. It's always wonderful. You've been there yourself. You know what it's like. Early start, lots of coffee and chit chat, and mm. hoping you've got everything in the van before you go. Um, and you know, it's just a wonderful thing. I mean, you you love the market, don't you, Lou? I absolutely love it. The the excitement when you go there, when you've taken me there many times and we've done a bit of filming there and we have some more filming planned there. Um, it really is. It's just electric atmosphere. There's so much going on and it's like a spectacle for all the senses. It's like an overload. The smells are amazing from all the flowers. The colours are incredible. And the noise of the banter of everybody busying themselves and the trolleys being pushed and the laughter. A lot of laughter there is in that market, Paulie, I'd say, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Loads of laughter. And you've got a, a huge array of people. You've got the salesmen, you've got the governors, you've got the other florists buying, maybe someone that you've seen, you know, you both quoted for the same job last week. Then you've got the sort of grand duchesses sort of scooping in and buying a few, not so many these days, but, you know, again, then you get sometimes the public coming in to, to buy a, a bloom or two. Yes, I have done that a couple of times, usually straight from a nightclub back in the day. Um, when I <laughs> yeah, had, I've done that. <laughs> when, when I was asked by a couple of girlfriends to help look at some flowers to choose colours, and I think I just popped myself straight there from the 151 or Crazy Larry's. Um, and just, uh, but it is it's, uh, nothing but a black coffee and a bacon sarni from that cafe and a wander around, and it is just magical, absolutely magical. Absolutely. I mean, I adore it. And it's, it's the beating heart of the, uh, the flower industry. But I digress. So back to our star of the week, Lucy, the wonderful hydrangea. Um, I just love, love the British ones. They're such a, a beautiful selection of colours, the sort of mossy greens, the hot jewelly reds and raspberries and the pale blues and the dark blues. They're just so natural and so full of character and obviously all soil dependent. But we'll chat about that one later. But they're grown all over the UK um, and they're just there are no two British hydrangea heads the same. The subtle tones and hues, they're just lovely. And, and as you go through the season, the colours change weekly um, until they're kind of cut short by the frosts in um, in September or October. 
Mm, how wonderful. Yes, the, the colours are amazing. And in fact, on my little Irish jaunt recently, I wandered up a, a drive to a beautiful garden that is owned by a friend of mine just literally down the road. And he had the most incredible purple hydrangea. I think I mentioned it. And I asked him what kind of hydrangea it was and why it was such an incredible purple. And he said he honestly had no idea because most of the hydrangeas in that area in Southern Ireland in Kerry are either that bright, bright blue or a really kind of sparkly baby pink. But this was just a deep, deep maroony purple. And even the leaves were maroony purple. So it must have been on a wow. seam of rock or have something in its veins that was changing its colour. But it was just spectacular. Maybe maybe a seam of something like copper or who knows? I mean, that's there is riveting. Copper. Mm -hmm. mm, and there that is actually copper there. There are cop Yes, that's a good point, Paulie. There are copper mines not far. So maybe it's the copper in the in the rock. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And um, the British ones are absolutely brilliant for drying as well. Um, so you can use them effectively twice. Um, you can use them when they're fresh and then hang them upside down somewhere. And then they're perfect when they dry. And, and, I, and I just love using them when they're dried. One, one job that I did for, for, for a client um, over their mantelpiece, they had an old mirror they were getting rid of in the garage. So I said, right, let's put that over the mantelpiece. I got a fantastic um, stapler. Luckily, the frame of the round uh, mirror was wooden. So I got all these dried hydrangeas. I sprayed them a wonderful magenta color and then ka-chunk, ka-chunk, that's the stapler, stapled them all the way around the mirror. And they looked so fantastic for Christmas decoration. I will pop a picture of that up on um, Fabulous Flowers Instagram so the listeners can have a little look. But um, you love a dried hydrangea, Lucy, don't you? Mm, I do. I love a dried hydrangea. Thanks for asking. Um, I have <laughs> some in my front garden. No euphemism there. And they are pink and they do turn the most glorious kind of deep pink towards the end of the season. But I shall certainly be turning those ones upside down. <laughs> for a bit of a dry up and, and i think um, they deserve it <laughs> yes quite right quite right too um so yes but, uh, one of my tip top tips though just sorry just while we're on the dried ones for christmas um with the i mean I, my other half's always saying to me why have we got all these dried hydrangeas in the shed i'm like just you wait so what you do with the dried hydrangea pop them in a um in a in a plastic carrier bag spray in some silver spray, some gold spray, shake it around, and then they get this lovely silvery gold mottled effect. And what I actually mm. call that, um, what do I call that? I call that gilver. It's a mixture of silver and gold, gilver. And then I pop them all over the Christmas tree with some lights, and it just has that wonderful secret garden, magical ethereal look, and very, very Christmassy without the tinsel, which I obviously love. <laughs> so you mean you, you you use them as decorations? You actually use the heads of them and put them into the tree. That's a fantastic idea, Paulie. I love that. Absolutely. And you haven't got to do any annoying wiring. The stems, you just literally poke them into the tree. Shove them in. Shove in an artful way. Absolutely brilliant. And um, I think there'll be one that um, Nolan Towers this year may be doing that, do you think? I think it might be. I think I might definitely be cutting off my heads and shoving them in my tree. Well, it sounds, it sounds a little bit, what's the word? Severe. It sounds like a medieval torture. Anyway, oh, but I mean, yeah, I, very rarely will you come across a flower job with me uh, without using a hydrangea, as I said earlier. Um, you know, and, I, and plants as well. You know, I love a plant because they can use, be used afterwards. 
by the client. But it's so daunting when you're on a job and you know the trolleys of the plants arrive, masses of them, and you sort of think, oh, gosh, you know, oh, it's, you know, after all these those months of meetings, they're all coming to fruition. Um, but a job we did in Wiltshire, a beautiful old church for um, the daughter of a very well-renowned building family. Um, they had a row of limes going towards the church. Lime, and what we did, lime trees. Lime trees, yeah. And... Otherwise, it'd be quite a small church, wouldn't it, if it was a row of limes? <laughs> yes, you're thinking of Moscow mules, aren't you, Lucy? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, lime, limes, lime trees, very well-established lime trees. And what we did, we just popped um, groups of white hydrangea plants around the base and covered the pots with moss. So they had these circles of white hydrangeas around each tree, this procession procession to the church. I'll pop a photo up. And it just looked wonderful. And they could be used afterwards, which was so lovely. How amazing. Gosh, I haven't seen that photo, but I already have a picture in my mind. And I just know, as with all your amazing work, Paulie, that that photo will live up to every expectation I have. So I shall look forward to that. Oh, gosh. OK, well, I'll have to, I'll have to dig it out. But it's, it was a lovely, lovely wedding really super but um a quick cut flower rescue tip uh listeners if you've got a wilted hydrangea head do not be throwing it away it doesn't mean its life is over to bring back a wilted hydrangea head simply fill up your sink with cold water and immerse the whole head upside down under the water leave it there submerge it for like 10 minutes because hydrangeas drink through their petals so um within 10 minutes the transformation and the restoration of your floppy hydrangea will be amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I had never knew that and good to know because I have had them on the windowsill when they've looked a little bit floppy and I thought, oh, crikey. That's amazing, Paulie. What a marvellous tip. That's going in my top three, I think. Marvellous. And obviously, Lucy, you know they have woody stems. And what do we do with woody stems, Lucy? We chop the stem and we cut it up, Paulie, right straight up the centre to expose all those lovely drinking cells. <sighs> Nothing wrong with a drinking cell. That sounds marvellous. <laughs> and just one more little tip, top tip. Um, hydrangea plants as a pot plant, if they're looking sad, simply submerge the whole pot in the sink under the water till it stops bubbling, which will take about few minutes once it stopped bubbling all the dry soil has filled up with water then you take it out let it drain and it'll come back right as rain they love a good old drink the hydrangeas so um, we can all relate to that um and just yes. one more a favorite one for the garden would be for me the annabelle hydrangeas i think that's it that's it for me with hydrangeas darling but i just can't get enough of them yes no how wonderful well that's all truly fabulous including some tip-top tips there paulie thanks very much absolute pleasure so Hmm. So I will therefore move us on to our chosen floriography fun fact for this week. And we have gone for a British hedgerow stalwart for this episode. A little wild beauty that brings us gifts of purple jewelled fruit. It is, of course, the bramble. In the Latin, you'll be pleased to know everybody. It is Rubus fruticosus. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was my turn to kick the Latin off this week, Paulie. And the bramble is a hardy and determined plant, and it uses powerful roots to grow rapidly in almost any environment. Look out for juicy blackberries in the summer, that's around about now, to make the most of this countryside favourite. The bramble has long, thorny and arching stems, 
that we well, you know that from trying to get in there Oof. when you're doing your blackberry. And sometimes they can grow up to two meters high. The leaves are alternate and palmately compound, which means that each leaf is divided into three or five serrated, short stalked oval leaflets. Leaves are dark green on the top and pale beneath, and the leaf stalks and midribs are prickly, as we also know. Flowers are clusters of white or pink little blooms that appear from late spring to early summer, and those blooms are usually around two to three centimetres in diameter, with five petals and many stamens, I suppose, to attract all those pollinating insects. Oh, lovely bees and things like that. Gorgeous. And the bramble fruit, mm. as of course we all know, is the blackberry. And a blackberry is usually sort of one to two centimetres in length and ripens from green through to red to deep purple and finally black when ripe in late July. Oh, I was picking some this morning on my walk and they were absolutely mm. delicious. Not to be confused with the wild raspberry. And here comes my little bit of Latin. It is the <clears throat> Rubus ideus or ideus. Um, which also produces fruits made up of many tiny individual fruits or druplets. That is the word, the druplet. Raspberries can all be a similar colour at certain times and ripen at similar times of the year. There are some differences to help identification. When a ripe raspberry is picked, it is red, and there is a hollow within the fruit. <clears throat> when a ripe blackberry is picked, it is black, and the soft white core remains inside the fruit. Mm. Do you I know, it's interesting that, isn't it? Dewberry, the Rubus cassius, resembles the bramble but tends to have fewer larger individual fruits. Their fruit surface is waxy rather than shiny and their stems tend to scramble along the ground rather than being tall and arching. Dewberries, it does sound nice, doesn't it? Um, mm. Bramble grows everywhere throughout the UK and it's, it's common in woodland, hedges and scrubland and it thrives in acidic soil. So um, that's interesting to know. Flowers bloom in June to July and the fruit is ripe in July. Perfect. Yes. Gosh, that's good. Um, bramble flowers have enormous value to wildlife as well, which is great. We love a bit of eco-friendly things on Fabulous Flowers TV. They are a food and a source for honeybees and bumblebees and other wild animals like mice and things like that, I think. Leaves are eaten by certain caterpillars as well as some grazing mammals, especially deer. Ripe berries are eaten and their seeds dispersed by several mammals such as the fox, the badger and even small birds. And the bramble is also a habitat for some other animals, including grass snakes. Ooh, crumbs. Mm. In mythology and symbolism, UK folklore dictates that blackberries should not be picked after old Michaelmas Day in October, as the devil has sullied them. Oof, Oof crumbs. Mm. <laughs> Brambles used to be planted on graves to stop sheep grazing them, but they also might have a more superstitious purpose of keeping the dead in with all their twining branches. Ooh. Archaeologists have found blackberries in the stomach of a Neolithic man, a testament to their long-standing popularity. Goodness me, so they go back a while, Paulie. Oh, gosh, and, and on the graves, keeping the dead in, it's making me think of that thriller video with Michael Jackson. Can you, oh, if, yes. If you could see me, listeners, I'm just doing the, doing the dance. Mm. Anyway, Bruno um, Tonioli was, you know, Bruno Tonioli was in that video. Was he? Oh, wow. Yes. 
I mm. love that. One of the dancers. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So the pastime of Blackbring, um, which goes back thousands of years, still popular today. And uh, I've got some scratches on my hands to prove it from this morning. And um, it's that time right about now, uh, listeners. But um, ripe, juicy blackberries have high vitamin C content and can, be, of course, be eaten raw or cooked. You can add them to pies, crumbles, wines, jams, jellies and vinegar. I love a bit of apple and blackberry myself. Mm. Mm. Do you make a crumble, Lou? Do you like a crumble? Well, do you know what? I do make a crumble. And funnily enough, uh, at the moment in my garden, I have a whole sort of barrage of blackberries right down one end and they literally have come from nowhere they weren't there last year and i also have some ripe apples on a tree oh. so i'm proud to say that on my menu this week at some point children will of course be delighted mm. will be an, a blackberry and apple crumble so that's good oh dollop of cream bit of custard who cares ice cream mm. bring it on all of it all of it <laughs> and strong ale brewed from blackberries malt and hops was popular in the 18th and 19th centuries and it's widely been used in a traditional medicine for its healing and detoxifying properties and fibers from its stems have even been used to make string gosh it's quite versatile isn't it and blackberry mm. bushes can prevent soil erosion on infertile disturbed sites the ancient Britons used thorny stems as a boundary or barrier in the way we use barbed wire. Brilliant. That's absolutely superb. And I can imagine it being used as barbed wire, actually, because there's no way that I would scramble over a blackberry hedge to get to the other side. So that would work incredibly well. Mm, I won't be following you, Lucy. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's completely fabulous, isn't it? I must now gather many Tupperware containers and round up my free and available teenagers in my house for some blackberrying of our own. And our favourite treat here with our blackberries once picked in it's so yum, 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 it's so, 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 so delicious, is blackberry jelly. And my son, Rory, that's his favourite, he makes us do at least 12 jars of blackberry jelly. He calculates how many kilos of blackberries we need <laughs> because he has to have at least one pot a month to last until next year's blackberrying on his toast every morning. Oh, bless him. Oh, delicious. Mm. Mm. So if you're very good, Paulie, I might give you one of those. But um, yes, Ooh, gosh, there we lovely. are. Buttery toast. Do you put lemon juice in it or is that a lie? Am I making that up? I do. I do. I do some with and some without. Rory, with his very, very sweet tooth, prefers it without. I myself love a little squeeze of lemon in anything, as you know, Paulie. Um, and also I like the way it just takes the sweetness slightly away from the sugar. So and the pectin mm. helps the set. So it's always good. Goodness me, Lucy, how delicious. My tummy's rumbling. But um, alas, though, we are at the end of our hydrangea and bramble journey and it's been absolutely brilliant. I've absolutely loved it. But before we go, just a quick reminder that we love seeing, so please keep sending any photos of your blooms, arrangements and really anything florally inspired. And do tag us at Fabulous Flowers TV, all one word, and we'll see them. All links to our podcasts and films over on our Fabulous Flowers TV channel can all be found on our website. Just search for Fabulous Flowers TV. And also don't forget we've got a very Fabulous Flowers Facebook page too, Lucy. And that's full of wonderful pictures and floweriness. And um, we'd love you to get involved with our floral and your floral journey over on our Facebook page. Absolutely. Great stuff. Well pointed out, Paulie. I am ready, I think, to go forward to another podcast next week. But until then, 
off I go into the hedgerows with my Tupperware and my teenagers. So it's a very brambly goodbye from me. Goodbye. Oh, marvellous, Lucy. Yes, and I very much look forward to receiving my gorgeous blackberry jelly if Rory can spare one. So from me, goodbye and see you next time. <laughs>